Hello everybody, welcome to our podcast, Geeta, a mantra for success. So in our last episode, we basically talked about bhakti. Mm. You know, Krishna reveals his universal form or Vishwarupa, right? For some reason, many people believe that Geeta ends here, mm-hmm. but that is actually not, not true, true. Mm-hmm. right? Yes. So let me quickly speak about how chapters 13 to 18 unfolds. Mm-hmm. Many scholars suggest that the Bhagavad Gita can be divided into three divisions. Mm. Chapter 1 to 6, Krishna introduces the concept of Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga and Dhyana Yoga. There's more philosophical in nature. Absolutely. Then from 7 to 12, it's all about Bhakti. Now from chapters 13 to 18, Gita goes back to its philosophical or spiritual mode. Right. And it actually uh, almost looks like, you know, Krishna finishes his big presentation mm. and then you have a question and answer session. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. Q&A session with Arjuna. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let me make three points from these chapters before we move to Gunas. Perfect. Perfect. First point, there is a new description of knowledge here. Okay. Krishna has a very different take on knowledge. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about knowledge we derive from the books by reading or studying. He's like, no, I'm sorry, that's not really knowledge, knowledge. So instead, he's speaking about life transforming knowledge. Okay. He says, when we know ourselves to be Atman or Mm -hmm. Brahman, then we do not live in the same way anymore. Right. Uh, we change our lifestyle. Uh, We create this mood of detachment. And he calls that higher knowledge so right. he gives some tips on how to attain that higher knowledge hmm. uh, you know for example avoiding pride and deceit not hmm. harming others patience honesty uh, self-control we, we spoke about it yeah we spoke uh, about yeah. all this but this is a recap it's just a Go recap on. then there's a second point that hmm. i love how he defines the presence of god within the world he explains energy Mm-hmm. And he gives example of, you know, how this energy comes from the sun and that energy is the source of for all elements. Mm-hmm. And he even goes on describing different kinds of energy coming from not only from the sun, but also from the moon, how that energy nourishes all the plants. Mm-hmm. And he goes on describing how that energy helps humans uh, even digest food, you know, survive and so on. He says that energy is God. So we're talking about the force in Star Wars or Eva in Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. Makes sense. He goes back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he kind of says everything is connected. Right. You know, he's saying that energy within us is somehow connected with the energy in the universe. Right. Uh, so as long as you're connected with this inner energy within you, right. you are kind of connected with the God because, you know. He, exactly. He, so he goes... I- I've always said that. I've always said that and believed that. And Mm. that's pretty much like we talked about the force or Eva. And Mm. yeah, you're basically making me happy because that's what he says. And I've been saying that for years. Anyway, go on to your third point. Yeah. So third point, he divides humans into two categories. Okay. The Daiva Mm -hmm. uh, or the Asura Sampad. So mm-hmm. Deva is, I guess, Deva's God, uh, right. and Asura is those uh, Rakshas, uh, so, you know. So we are good and bad. Good and bad. Dark like, and light. Dark and light. So we are all born with some inherent character of this Deva and Asura. Mm-hmm. It it is actually something similar to the Yin and Yang philosophy. Okay. Uh, black and white. 
Uh, uh, I guess Daiva is all white. It mm-hmm. is pure, fearless, truthful, honest, compassionate. You know, like all those absence of arrogance, anger. You know, all all those good, good, pure qualities. And Asura is the opposite of Daiva. Deceit, arrogance, pride, anger, ignorance. These are all characters of uh, Asura. And he reminds us. If we can renounce three things, uh, we become 100% Deva and we attain liberation. Okay. Just three things, which I personally think is the toughest. Mm -hmm. And those three things are desire, anger, and greed. Mm, Makes sense. Makes (laughs) sense. So I guess it's the right time to discuss Gunas. So go ahead. I know you love Gunas. Okay. Sure. Sure. Let's go back to, as we discussed in episode three. Mm -hmm. Samkhya divides uh, into two categories. Purusha, which is Atman or the soul. Mm. That is kind of unknown to us. You can't see it. You can't touch it, right? And then there is Prakriti or nature, which we see all around us and it's known to the humans, right? Now, this Prakriti consists of three fundamental qualities or forces, Mm -hmm. which are actually called Gunas. Mm -hmm. And they're broken down as Sattva, Mm. Rajas and Tamas. Mm. Okay, and so these three qualities are present everywhere. I I get that every known thing in this world, Mm -hmm. both tangible and intangible, are a mixture of these three gunas or three qualities, right? Correct, correct. So I guess, let's first define these gunas. Uh, What is good guna and what is bad guna? Okay, so let's go back to... Uh, you know, the good side and the dark side. Okay. I know I always go back to Star Wars, <laughs> but it's easier to explain. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same with the gunas. Mm-hmm. Sattva mm-hmm. is the good side. Okay. And it is associated with the, the good things like you mentioned before. Mm. Purity, goodness, cleanliness, detachment. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we have Rajas. Rajas is not bad. Mm. Rajas is right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? And Rajas is... Uh, because it's in the middle, it can swing to the left or the right. Meaning it can become good. Or it can become bad. So undecided voters. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Right? They're right in the middle. So Rajas is associated with passion, mm. energy, active, which can be good. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And But it can also be associated with confusion or self-doubt, which is bad. Which, so they're mm. almost leaning towards dark. Mm. But if you pull it and, you know, the confusion, if you clear it, then it will become on mm. the sattvic side. So they're right in the middle. Okay. Right? Now, tamas, on the other hand, mm. it is definitely the dark side. Okay. And it is associated with darkness, sloth, which is kind of like laziness, mm-hmm. destruction, uh, chaotic, indulgence, dirtiness, mm. things like that. Right. right? Okay. So I, I guess it makes sense to give some examples. Do you have any case studies or you know, case stories? Studies, <laughs> huh? Blogs, case studies. Okay. Sure. Actually, there are a lot of examples in chapter 17 that Krishna gives, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on pretty much how you should live your life, starting with how you should eat, Mm. how you should act, you know, Mm. pretty much things like that. There are steps for everything. So let's start with the food. Oh, (laughs) easiest one, huh? Let's start with the food. Uh So even with food, Uh they can be categorized into these three categories. Mm -hmm. The sattvic kind, Mm -hmm. uh, the rajasic kind and the Mm -hmm. tamasic kind of food. Oh, great. So sattvic food are basically things, you know, food that brings us like long life, strength, Mm. are good for your health. You know, for vigor, pretty much all the green stuff, protein. Mm-hmm. Again, there's good protein, bad protein. So mm-hmm. we're talking about the good stuff here. Anything that makes you healthy, pretty much, mm-hmm. right? That's all uh, sattvic food. Mm. Now, rajasic food, on the other hand, are uh, things that are more like, you know, bitter, mm. salty, uh, very hot, spicy. strong tasting, spicy, mm. uh, burning. <laughs> so not so healthy food. Uh, tamasic food, on the other hand, uh-huh. are like, you know, stale, tasteless, 
rotten uh, leftover stuff dirty uh, foul so uh, basically what we are here is at this time when he's talking about uh, the food uh, krishna becomes the fitness guru <laughs> and he basically condemns anything excessive which makes sense which makes right? sense yeah like in the old days mm. uh, the yogis would uh, renounce everything mm. and they would literally kill themselves by not eating for days starving themselves and that basically harms your body yeah yeah there's a story about buddha as well uh, about how you should treat your body mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning when siddhartha uh, before he became before, buddha right yes when he believed he believed that he must undergo terrible penances to attain nirvana hmm. and so he deprived himself of food until he became so frail and so fragile and hmm. so you know he almost he died hmm. one day a milkmaid right. offered him a bowl of milk and he drank it uh-huh. uh then he ate some food and began to feel healthy again okay so it became clear to siddharth that extreme physical punishment would not lead to liberation makes sense he realized that neither the pleasures of life nor the physical suffering offered him the wisdom he was uh, seeking at that time Perfect. right that goes along with krishna's uh, teaching so yeah um, i have another question for you how should we be at work uh, so krishna basically talks about how uh, yagya should be performed and at that time that was their job so let's link that with a job mm. satvik workers mm. are free from you know ego and selfish attachments mm. and they're full of enthusiasm mm. and in both success and failure like we talked about before in yeah. karma yogi mm-hmm. they're balanced mm-hmm. right that is those are satvik workers mm. now rajasik workers have strong personal desires and actually crave towards that action they want to do something but they are easily swept away by fortune good or bad okay right mm-hmm. so again they're in the middle mm-hmm. so they could be pulled to the good yeah, side and or bad anyway. side and tamasic mm-hmm. workers on the other hand are lazy mm-hmm. are undisciplined stubborn and dishonest mm-hmm. right so they are easily depressed and they are prone to procrastination so they're always uh, pushing off stuff mm-hmm. and they're always complaining and whining Uh, so what about charity and austerity i know krishna talks about that as well right mm-hmm. so in the bhagavad gita context he's basically talking about yogis doing tapasya mm. you know or, or austerity mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that yes. but in today's context mm. let's talk about uh, non profit or any charitable trust or organizations okay. uh-huh. right uh-huh. so when you when you want to help others mm. uh without desiring any result like we talked about karma yoga mm-hmm. then that is uh, satvik nature of course that's okay, karma yoga okay goes back to mm-hmm. karma yoga exactly mm-hmm. but when the the you know the the austerity is taken for the sake of respect mm. or fitting into the society of reputation course, which hypocrisy mm-hmm. yes you know then it becomes rajas you have a non profit and you don't really care about the cause mm. and you're actually stealing from people you're basically saying yeah, yeah. oh this is mm, for the poor mm, mm, mm. but you don't really care about them and you're just you know stealing money that's tamasic tamasic which also happens right mm-hmm, right that mm-hmm. is totally tamasic what about happiness satvik people mm. find inner peace because their lifestyle is such that they can find joy within themselves of course mm-hmm. you don't have to go far they don't need a lot of things mm-hmm. to be happy mm. they're happy they're content they're satisfied mm-hmm. now rajasik people find happiness in uh the senses pleasures of course right uh-huh. so it is great in the beginning mm. but you know what happens is they lose control and they have too much desire and we also it is it... temporary right that yes, happens yes it is temporary so mm. let's give an example mm-hmm. somebody is looking for a job they get a great job it's paying well six mm. figure salary mm-hmm. they're happy mm-hmm. very happy of course right mm. but that happiness is short lived mm. so either they want more uh huh 
or the job they're not finding meaning or purpose and mm. it comes with a lot of stress and bitterness mm-hmm. and politics a lot mm. of different things of right uh-huh. so the same job the salary that made you happy <laughs> a couple of months ago uh-huh. is not leading to the same level of happiness and it actually drops significantly mm. right mm-hmm. so rajasic happiness is driven by materialistic pressure and like we said it's very short lived mm. now tamasic happiness draws pleasure from sleep laziness and uh, intoxication yeah we all went through that happiness oh yeah <laughs> tamasic yeah, of happiness of course um how about intelligence so satvik intellect people are very clear mm. they know what is right mm. they know what is wrong mm. there is no confusion mm. example let's go back to the mahabharat yudhishthira was uh, of the satvik intellect mm. he was very clear he had a good understanding of dharma mm. he knew this is dharma and uh, this is adharma mm. he was very right? clear he was very clear right he didn't have wrong. any doubt mm-hmm. he was pretty clear there was no gray area so yoda no from star wars is satvik very very satvik <laughs> he was green in color you see satvik is white but for him we will make a special exception yes he was satvik <laughs> Now, Rajasic intellect is uh, like Arjuna, uh, at, at least, least in the beginning. Yes, let's uh-huh. say before the Bhagavad Gita, right? Mm-hmm. They are always confused. They don't know what is right and what is wrong. They're mm-hmm. not bad people, but they're just confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dharma and adharma is not clearly understood to them, and they are looking for advice, mm-hmm. and that's why the whole Gita happened. Mm-hmm. Now, Tamasic people, I would say Duryodhana, mm-hmm. the best example, mm-hmm. and uh, their intelligence is 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 covered by either ignorance, arrogance, or both. Mm-hmm. and they are so determined that they think the adharma is dharma because they want to justify it in their own mind mm. and they don't have an understanding of pretty much anything mm. right to give an example uh, i'm going to talk about religion wow at last yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people you say religion has done a great uh, good things uh-huh. but religion can be pretty bad right yeah. a lot of ta- tamasic people mm. have made religion pretty horrible mm. look at just the history not even 5000 years just go a few hundred mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. so many people have done so such vile horrible disgusting things and justified it in the name of religion mm-hmm. they say it's good because it is a true religion mm. this is the true god mm-hmm. and people kill each other because you don't believe in that god they mm. kill because they say it is dharma mm-hmm. they kill in the name of god that is totally tamasic mm. and uh, that is not religion you're just forcing yourself to believe that that is dharma when it is actually not so what about leading our life in our way I'll, sure yeah. and i think you should if you want to lead your life and you know you don't want to follow any authority mm. any organization mm. that is absolutely fine mm. and actually krishna makes a great point he says first find out who you are so first thing is be mindful of who you are mm. and if your goal to find this path can lead you to happiness and inner peace mm. then at some time you have to adopt some degree of satvik mindset so it is a technically a journey mm-hmm. and it comes from uh, pretty much awareness and the life choices you make when you spoke about the life choices yeah and the journey it reminded me of the movie guide oh that's a nice old movie go uh, on yeah it's a really great book written by rk narayan i think it has an enlightening story about a journey of a man who is in the beginning he's kind of selfish mm-hmm. he's greedy he's kind of man- manipulative and how this man ends up becoming a realized soul so devanand plays the role of this charismatic character razu mm-hmm. who is a tourist guide okay and you know as a tourist guide he meets rosi mm-hmm. uh, who is a very young and beautiful wife of a uh, one guy marco okay uh and razu betrays marco by starting an affair with rosi mm-hmm. 
and Rosie leaves Marco and starts living with Razu. Okay. So Razu knows this woman is an excellent dancer. Mm. So he takes up the role of a professional guide mm-hmm. by managing her career as a dancer. Okay, okay. Uh so Rosie she becomes the most sought after star in town. Okay. And using Rosie's stardom, Razu now, you know, he's in pursuit of money and prestige and all these things he enjoys that okay. until one day he's convicted of forgery he, he goes to prison for 2 years oh right right so after 2 years when razu is released from from the prison mm. now he doesn't want to return to his uh, city or life okay. or life mm. uh he chooses to wander around in poverty hunger and loneliness mm. but you know what happens is one day he's just walking around uh, he mm. meets a group of yogis mm. Uh, and he spends a night at a temple with these yogis near mm. a village mm. and the next morning these yogis leave him there he's still sleeping but before they go these yogis they just cover the sleeping razu with that you know religious orange colored shawl yeah and what happens is like one of the villagers he uh, sees razu in a temple mm. and that he because he's wearing that shawl the villager assumes that this is a some holy man has mm. reached the village right right okay. now razu is a very smart man with you know intelligence and wit so he manages to fool the naive villagers that he is indeed a spiritual guru right and we, and the villagers enjoy his guidance and re, in return razu enjoys the luxury of being a holy man as the mm. villagers feed him for free he give him a place to stay and he really respect him all right, so things right. are going all fine for razu until drought hits the village okay and the villagers believe that it's a, you know if a holy spiritual man like razu fast for 12 days Uh, they will get rain from the gods mm, okay now razu is is reluctant because he's not he's, he's, yeah. he's a dongi he's a dongi baba like he was just pretending to be a spiritual guru and he actually tries to run away from there okay. but how somehow he fails now he has no option but to undertake this fast mm. meanwhile you know interestingly remember rozi she oh, okay. finds him and she comes to the village and she tells him to return with her indicating now money wife prestige everything is waiting oh, for her oh so she's uh, ready to forgive and accept him mm-hmm. okay in one way he's, he has an option to betray those gullible villagers right but at this point he realizes that he must leave up to the villagers trust in him good so he submits to the two week fast mm. subjecting himself to great sacrifice right and mm. he risks his life in the process mm-hmm. so for the first time in his life Razu's motives are not driven by pure self-interest. Right. Instead, he really wants to do good for the villagers. Right. That's his sattvic moment, or mm. I guess. But he dies in the movie. Right. Uh, but before his death, he feels the rain rising in his body. I mm. think he sees uh, his own soul. He sees something inside his body. He might be hallucinating because he's hungry and he's dying. Right. But image that he sees kind of suggests. Razu's spiritual awakening, mm. and that is moksha or liberation, as Krishna suggests. So that is technically his uh, sattvic moment. Mm. It is also said that you actually see your soul when you are in the sattvic yeah. moment. So that could be what they were trying to portray. So what's the mantra for today, and how do you want to summar- summarize it? Okay, so <laughs> before we get to the mantra, mm. let me say you know what uh, Krishna says in the end. Mm. He basically says. I have now revealed to you this wisdom mm. which is the deepest mystery. Mm. After fully considering what you have heard, 
you should then act as you see fit don't you love it love it love it he doesn't <laughs> force arjuna uh-huh. right and he doesn't say you know see i showed you before that i am god <laughs> so do what i say no he doesn't say he says think about what i told you and all the wisdom i have given consider mm. it mm. and you must follow it based on what is appropriate for you beautiful right yeah. so the mantra now is you cannot just read the bhagavad gita or any of the you know self help books or mm-hmm. any philosophy books mm. and talk about the philosophy without acting on it and leading a lifestyle that reflects what you have learned mm-hmm. right it's easy to talk a big game you can talk about anything yeah right but you should be prepared to act on it mm-hmm. anyway uh, what is your biggest takeaway from the bhagavad gita and the 10 podcasts that we have done this is number 10 Yeah I think my biggest takeaway from the Gita is have patience uh, mm-hmm. you know that is something I should work on uh, have patience be consistent and run away from instant gratification because nothing comes for free and nothing comes instantly <laughs> nothing comes instantly you know there are days when you succeed and there mm-hmm. are days when you fail uh, I I guess like don't get influenced or carried away by short term successes or failures you know you should keep going and not give up I, I know it sounds very cliche mm. but you know it, it's 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 very powerful to me mm. once you start anything finish it uh, like we are finishing our podcast on gita today <laughs> how do you feel <laughs> great great awesome awesome anyway as i mentioned this is a uh, podcast number 10 uh, of season 1 of course and uh, technically we're going to wrap up the bhagavad gita portion of it mm. but we want to add two more episodes about uh, patanjali yoga sutras mm. and wrap it up in episode 12 mm. for season 1 mm. right because it also has a lot of practical applications on life anyway thank you everyone for listening to our podcast these last few months yes thank uh, you thank everybody thank you so much